Hello, hello, my friends. Patrick here. Before we dive into the show, a quick note. As you'll hear about in a moment, EC is planning to bring a whole new cohort of people through her nutrition masterclass very soon. After we recorded this episode, we realized that we forgot to extend to you a special listener-only discount to that masterclass. So I just wanted to jump in real quick and let you know that if you register and use the code podcast, you'll be able to save yourself 10%. Again, just use the code podcast for 10% off. Okay, let's get into it. Hello and welcome to The Consistency Project with E.C. Sinkowski. My name is Patrick Cummings and every episode I have the distinct privilege of presenting E.C. with a question on subject matters that range from nutrition to fitness to the choices we can all make to live a healthier, more functional life. By exploring both the principles at play and the actions worth carrying out as a result, our aim is to get us thinking, to get us moving, and to get us all taking more consistent action toward optimizing our well-being. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, how you doing, EC? Great. How are you? I'm great. Today, we're going to have a conversation about, let's call it the differences and distinctions between muscle mass and strength and diving into what those two things mean so that we can pursue either of them appropriately. Before we do, though, you've got a little bit of an announcement that we want to make sure people are aware of so they can take action. Why don't you tell them about it? Yeah. So we've had a couple podcast episodes about my principles of nutrition, as well Mm -hmm. as then the progression for how I go about implementing those principles. And really, that's the content that's covered in my masterclass called the Nutrition Essentials Masterclass. And what I've done so far to date is have different cohorts of people go through that masterclass together because it is pretty beefy. There's a lot of content there. And it also has this eight week diet program where people can kind of step by step implement the progression that I outlined in one of our last podcasts. And so what's going to happen is again, that's going to be live this fall for people to move through together. And it's great because they get that group support, (laughs) that group motivation, knowing that other people are doing it with them. And they also get access to a closed private Facebook group where I'll be going live to answer questions, give information on maybe some other topics outside the course, all of that stuff. So that's going to be happening this fall. And they're going to have to register if you're interested off my website, optimizemenutrition.com. But by Friday, September 18th, registration to my masterclass will close then because we're all going to kick off that eight-week program together Sunday, September 20th. Awesome. Love it. Okay. So this conversation about muscle mass and strength and the distinctions between them, again, as these tend to be, I'm pulling this off of your Instagram and the graphic and the text on the graphic said, increasing muscle mass is not the same as increasing strength. And what really caught my eye in the caption and I think maybe where we can start the conversation is is this. I bring up this distinction largely due to the slew of nutrient timing questions I get, particularly about post-workout shakes. So maybe we can get into specifics about post-workout shakes. But to me, what was surprising is this conversation as an answer, at least as part of an answer to a nutrient timing question. And so maybe it might make sense for us to start there. Like, why is this the conversation that you feel like you need to have or you want to have when somebody asks you a question that seems to me uneducated as I am to be about something completely different? Why is this the conversation you tend to have? So people are always asking about that post-workout protein shake. Should I have one? And, you know, I don't want to get into the exact specifics about what the research says or does not say about the validity of them. But what I think it's important to understand is what is that research trying to figure out from having that post-workout shake? And often it's related to muscle mass gain. 
And yet I think sometimes people have a goal for strength gains. And so we have to kind mm. of take a step back from even caring about, you know, what does the research say in terms of should I have a shake or not? And say like, okay, well, what is the goal that you're after? Are you after muscle mass? Are you after strength? And, and, and do you understand the difference between those? Because maybe you're going about this not exactly how you should. Got it. Okay, so where do we begin the conversation of kind of peeling those two things apart so that we have a better sense of what one is versus what the other is? Like, where's the entry point to understanding that they're not the same thing? Yeah, I mean, we have to understand what I mean when I say, you know, these muscle mass goals versus strength. And so the first one is people want to put on muscle. And that's just hypertrophy. You know, we're training in such a way that the muscle cells themselves grow in size and volume. This is how people look like or have bigger muscles, not mm. just look like it, they actually do. And <laughs> this could help with performance, but there's other reasons people put on muscle mass, you know, aesthetics and something like bodybuilding, which certainly has a performance aspect to it. But I think we all know that bodybuilding is about developing the muscle to a certain maximal extent, not necessarily a one rep max back squat. So mm -hmm. gaining muscle, putting on more muscle mass, getting those cells to grow in size. But then when we look at strength, you know, that's about typically lifting more weight. Maybe it's in their back squat, their deadlift, their, their clean. And, and depending on, you know, what sport they're doing, that getting stronger might mean they also have better for performance, but we're going to look at that in the CrossFit lens in, in a little bit, I think, later. And so the distinction between the two is important because I think people make this kind of natural leap that, okay, I'm adding muscle mass and therefore I am getting stronger. And that's not, you know, that's not necessarily a one-for-one -one relationship. Muscle mass, which we can measure as like the cross-sectional area of our muscle, is related to strength, but it's not a guarantee for strength. Yes, generally having more muscle generally helps help you lift more weight, but we don't necessarily lift more weight because there's other factors at play. Okay, given that, and given that there is, you know, they're certainly not different or opposing pursuits here, what else determines strength if not muscle mass, which I think a lot of people might mistake as being a correlate, if that's the right way to put it. What else are you defining as strength that is being ignored when we just consider it muscle mass? And again, muscle mass is a component of it, but we have to look at other things, you know, programming, time under tension. I would even argue recovery and positioning, which we can get into, but let's take these big ones, you know, programming and time under tension. Programming, what workouts are you actually doing when you go to the gym? You know, what are the rep counts and loads that you're doing? And if you're not doing low rep, high weight max efforts, you're not gonna develop top end strength. You're just not. I mean, if we look at Westside Barbell, which, you know, I personally, I don't actually keep up with their current methodology, but I remember mm -hmm. Louie talking about it. And one of the things that he would say and have his athletes do is that they would do a one rep max effort every single week. Now it would be in different lifts, but they would test a one rep max every single week. And they were trying to develop and become the strongest people in the world. You know, you can't do like sets of five and 10 and build top end strength. I mean, you, you do to some degree, but not mm -hmm. your ultimate way you could. You have to push the maximum that you can lift to continue to raise that maximum. So one, it's like, are you actually training in a way that's going to develop this top end strength? And then related to that is this second point, and I like to describe it as time under tension. But one of the reasons that you need to have this time under tension is not just because the fiber cell itself changes, not just because it gets better or bigger. It's because you're also developing the neurological control of those muscle fibers. 
literally how well your central nervous system innervates these muscle fibers to contract and do work. And this neurological change is the explanation behind why we see, especially beginner crossfitters, like jump 50 pounds every time they test a back squat. Mm -hmm. It's not that they've put on this huge amount of additional muscle mass every time they go to test it. It's because they've learned how to recruit the muscles that they have better. And this process takes a while. I mean, the system has to learn, okay, which order am I actually recruiting these muscle fibers? How many do I need? This takes a lot of time and repetition. And so when we're looking at strength, these are a couple of the big factors. It's like, what kind of loads are you exposing yourself to? Are they really top-end loads? And have you done it enough to really efficiently recruit all of the muscle fibers to contribute to that effort? Mm -hmm. You said a word that I don't know what it means, so I'm going to assume that at least three other people don't know what it means. Enervates or innervates? Yeah. What, uh, yeah. what does that mean? Just activate. to make sure that people didn't get stuck on that like I kind of did. Yeah, activate. I mean, the okay. central nervous system sends signals for your muscles to contract. And so those actually have to happen and they have to happen to the right muscle fibers and the right number of muscle fibers in a specific order to be maximally effective. Got it. Okay. Is there anything else worth talking about as it relates to, I don't know, defining strength, understanding strength for actually what it is before yeah. we get into the a question about, well, how do you actually pursue it, assuming that that is what you want? Yeah. I mean, I think there's other factors too. I kind of hinted at them with maybe positioning and flexibility and even training and I'm sorry, even nutrition and recovery. You know, depends on what movement you're interested in, we've got to look at some other factors as well. You know, the more complicated the movement is, the more whole body it is, I, there's definitely going to be things like positioning or flexibility that are going to affect your outcome. It's not just about the cross-sectional area of your muscle. Right. You know, if we look at something like a deadlift, which I would argue is pretty simple, not for the top end guys lifting a thousand pounds, they, they've got some pretty big specifics, but for the average gym goer, deadlift's pretty simple. You know, mm -hmm. you're not affected by shoulder flexibility, let's say. But if we were to take that person and have them do a clean and jerk or a snatch, they're very quickly can be limited by their lack of shoulder flexibility. They might not be able to get the bar in overhead in an overhead strong position. And so we probably know that guy at the gym, super great back squat, right? Maybe not so impressive overhead squat. Mm -hmm. and, and people might think, oh, he's just not, he's strong, but he's just not flexible. It really depends on the test. I mean, what if he, what if powerlifting meets actually did the overhead squat instead of the back squat? It's very clear that he isn't not strong in the overhead mm -hmm. squat, you know? And so it's getting in the right positions can also affect our strength because being in the right positions allows us to support better loads. And so this is where we have to start thinking about strength is not just, okay, how big are my muscles? It's like, am I doing the right programming? Have I been doing it for long enough? Am I getting in the right positions? And then I can even start to make a case for nutrition to some degree or recovery like i really like that as an aspect am i recovering enough to push myself hard enough during these sessions like if i'm not you know sleeping enough to really go hard am i really pushing my top end strength probably not so this is where we have to worry about separating out this you know mass gain versus strength focusing on am i just gaining five pounds because i want more muscle or am I really focusing on all the factors that are going to get after this strength goal? Got it. And I imagine there's also in this process of understanding the differences between these two, I imagine there's also a need to say, do I actually want to get stronger? <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, because I imagine that has to be part of the questioning, right? Okay, now that I understand what is required or what it is, is that actually the goal I'm going mm -hmm. after, right? Totally. And I think 
it's kind of funny because if you were to ask like, well, do you want to get stronger? I think probably 99.9% of people would just say yes. Right. Yeah. Without even like hesitating. It's just like, yes, yep. always. Yes. Do you want to get, do you want to get better looking? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I think we have to think about where we want to get stronger. You know, hmm. I, I see people go on strength programs or strength or nutrition programs to support these strength programs. And it, it's always like a ton of squatting. And I want to yep. be clear. I think, that's great if that's what you want to do. Like if you want to go on a, stre- a strength squatting tangent because you really want to get a good back squat, that's a fine enough goal. I'm not against that at all. I just want people to understand what they're doing. And I think what I see people doing is they do it because they've made this assumption that if my back squat gets better, then unequivocally my performance will get better. Mm. <laughs> yep. Now, if you're doing a back squat sport, then then yes, that's a, that's a good conclusion. But I think a lot of people are doing this, you know, mixed modal CrossFit functional fitness thing. And your goal is to be good, not just at the back squat, but all the lifts and not just one rep max, but also 100 reps for time and oh, yep. thrusters. And what about muscle ups, handstand pushups, you name it. And so this is where we see that increasing your one rep max back squat might not actually positively affect all of those things. I'm going to tell you that. It doesn't sound correct, but it's true that maybe you have a higher one rep max back squat, but you might not be better at the 100 reps per time. That That's not a one for one conclusion. You need to also have the capacity to hang on for 100 reps. <laughs> so it it's really tends to be a balancing act that people want. Yeah, we want the back squat to go up, but not because other things get worse. And so this is, again, where I see some strength programs go awry because they typically focus on the back squat or the front squat and yeah, other things get worse. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, are there, and you, you just definitely alluded to a number of them, but I just want to make sure we don't go past them if there are more. Are there other questions that an individual, an athlete, a member of a gym, whatever, should ask themselves as it relates to this question of strength and is strength actually what I need or want? Are there any other questions to help them clarify that answer that's worth putting out there before we move on? No, I, I think that's pretty good. It's just this idea that like, you know, what do you want to get stronger in? And are you addressing all of the factors that affect it, you know, from the programming, from not just the workout that day, but how you attack it all the days, technique, nutrition, there's a lot of things to think about besides just, I need to be five pounds heavier. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So let's assume that somebody has at least a better sense of the difference between muscle mass and and muscle gain and strength. What do they do with that information? Assuming that they figured out, okay, actually I want this and not that thing. Where do they start to begin to take action on that so they can actually get closer to their goals? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple training wise it's pick what you want to do and do it. (laughs) You know, if it's CrossFit, it's going to be pick CrossFit stuff and do a lot of CrossFit for a long period of time, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's how you're going to get better at CrossFit. If it's, I want to get really good at back squatting, you've got to focus on back squatting. And I think it's good to always take a look at our top CrossFit athletes and to look at them, but look at them in a long-term view. You know, Mm -hmm. if you go back and if you look at Rich Froning or Matt Fraser in their early days of CrossFit, and you look at them now, you're going to see substantial differences in their their stature, their muscle mass, and their strength. And it's like, hey, that's because it's taken years and years and a ton of volume to get there. And I think it's easy to kind of forget all of the volume they've put in when we see the picture of them today. You know, Matt's a great example of it as well, easy to forget, because prior to CrossFit, I don't know exactly the level where he was, but he was training for the Olympics and weightlifting. So even prior to CrossFit, he had years of lifting really heavy weights 
in a sport that requires a ton of technique and flexibility. And so he's had that basis coming into CrossFit, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of years of training that people can't overlook. So for somebody trying to implement it, it's like, hey, what's the sport? performance that you want and you got to train that and you got to train that hard from a nutrition perspective i think it's probably not going to be very surprising <laughs> when i say that people right. need to do you know we can tease it apart and say for strength you got to focus on protein there's always a push for protein and that's true protein's important you know i always give the general recommendation of 0.7 grams of protein per pound of body weight but for people really chasing, I want to get put on muscle and strength, maybe they swing up to one gram per pound. But we can't just focus on protein, right? This, these training sessions require a lot of energy, and especially if we're looking at things for CrossFit that are maybe a little bit longer than those one rep max efforts, but still high intensity, we need carbs. And carbs also fill up that muscle glycogen to help with muscle size. So we've got that. And then, of mm-hmm. course, quality comes into play. Those, those micronutrients help us create energy we need for the workouts. They also help with recovery in an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory way. And so it's like we're back to this paradigm of eating mostly whole foods in the right quantity again. (laughs) Big surprise. One of the things you mentioned or you alluded to is, and I've certainly done them myself, so I don't, I don't say this with judgments, but, but like deciding that I'm going to go do a three month strength cycle Mm -hmm. or a squat cycle, or I'm going to do whatever it might be, Wendler or or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where do you come down on those kinds of things for somebody who would consider themselves just like doing crossword or doing fitness for the GPP element of it, the, you know, I'm not doing it so I can, I'm not going to go compete in a powerlifting competition or Olympic weightlifting. Do you see value in those kinds of like tiny little two, three, four month Mm -hmm. cycles? Or is that kind of just like kind of fitness ADD and it's actually not doing what we would hope it would do? It's a little bit more of the latter. I do want to stress that like, We're in this fitness thing for a long haul, hopefully. So (laughs) taking a few months to just work on squatting is fine, right? Like, it's fine. Maybe you love it. Maybe it's fun. Maybe you're a little bored of CrossFit or you just want to take some time and do something else that you really love. That's all great. I'm really not against that. What I do see happen, though, is people go on these strength cycles and they often change their nutrition to a significant degree. And they end up gaining some weight, which... Not always is muscle, partially because when you gain weight quickly, some of it's going to come on as fat. So they finish this two or three month strength cycle. They've gained some weight. They've lost a lot of their fitness. And they're not that much stronger because it's only a couple months, right? Again, Mm -hmm. we need all of this time and exposure to this stuff. And so sometimes I just don't know if it's worth it, especially once we consider that losing weight's pretty hard, typically more so than gaining weight. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think it's not that I'm against it from the standpoint of like, never do it or never have fun or, you know, never deviate from CrossFit, you know, of course, like go do something fun. But I think it's just understanding, is this really what you want? And that maybe adding muscle only or sheer muscle mass isn't really what you're chasing. Maybe you're chasing strength and getting stronger just really isn't that easy. Maybe what you're chasing takes a lot of time and consistency over a long period of time. We can start to wrap up the conversation because you said the word consistency. (laughs) That's the rule. We can't end an episode unless one of us says the word. So along those lines, is there anything as it relates to this conversation about the difference, the distinctions between muscle mass and strength worth mentioning, worth talking about before we we wrap up? Yeah. I mean, we kind of started the conversation with this nutrient timing thing. Mm, So I think it's, it's, it's might, might be worth it to weave it back into that. I think what's interesting is when people bring up this evidence for post-work workout shakes is I'm not 
sure that they know that a lot of those studies look at protein shakes relative to muscle mass. So mm. here we have the first distinction. Are we actually just putting on more muscle or actually, are we actually getting stronger from that protein shake? And again, if your goal is getting stronger, then maybe the muscle mass doesn't help. Now it turns out that it's really about getting total enough protein that's going to drive those changes. Not that it happened after the workout, but still we have this important distinction of like, okay, well, was that study actually related to your goals? And the other thing that I think it's really important for people to understand about these studies when they do look at strength, because I think this would be surprising, especially to a lot of CrossFitters, is that when they measure strength in these studies, it's often with leg extensions. <laughs> mm. Nothing. I'm not putting down the researchers. Research is really hard to do. But what I'm yep. saying is, hey, improving strength in a leg extension is not the same thing at all as a back squat nor a snatch. And so mm -hmm. we have to be aware of when we're citing these research studies or studies in general, or I know a lot of evidence for this nutrition protocol or this strength protocol, is was it done in a context that's relative to me and my goals? Mm, that's always the question that comes back down to, right? Yes. <laughs> is this actually appropriate for what I say that I'm trying to go after? Totally. Okay, my friend, thank you very much. Thank you, as always, to folks for listening. Please do give us a review, give us a rating. It helps. We'll be back with another episode of The Consistency Project soon. Hi all, EC here. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the show. Thank you as well for all the support for the five-star ratings and the reviews and for telling your friends or family about the podcast that really does help the podcast grow. And if you want to get the most recent info from me and be up to date on all of my content, the best place for that is my email list. So you can subscribe at optimizemenutrition.com slash email. I send out emails weekly-ish, <laughs> and that's also the best place to get your question in the queue for Quick Bites episodes. So again, that's optimizemenutrition.com slash email, and there's also a link in the show notes.